On today's episode, is Lando Norris back on cocaine? Vettel shows up to the race worn out and exhausted from his recent honeymoon. And Danny, Lando, Kimmy, and Nico inappropriately play leapfrog at the end of the race. And finally, France pays a tribute to Harambe. R.I.P. Copy That Mate Podcast, a podcast for a motorsport conversation. My name is Ben Sheets. And this is Javier Vasquez. And today we are going to be talking about the French Grand Prix. So this is the home Grand Prix for one Romain Grosjean and Pierre Gasly, both French. Oui, oui. Ooh, um, and it is... The Circuit de Paul Ricard, um, most known for all these fancy stripes it has all over it. Yeah, it's the seizure-giving uh, Grand Prix. Yes, very scary um, if you have epilepsy or other things that can cause you to have seizures if you see all these kinds of crazy lines all over the track. It's That'd actually also be terrible a, if you were a driver. I also find it difficult for like new Formula One fans to come in at this Grand Prix because... Like, how in the hell are they supposed to know which turn is which turn? Because they all, I mean, if you haven't driven on this course, they pretty much look the same. Yeah, they, they look the same, especially uh, from a uh, like helicopter view or a lot of the views we get <laughs> as spectators. Um, because you see the whole track and you see right. all the different lines and everything where everyone can go. And it's, I, I feel like for the drivers, it's probably a little more obvious uh, where to turn yeah. everything. But for a spectator, I mean, yeah, if you're someone new just watching this, that's going to be a very confusing race. It's kind of probably like... Um, you remember when we saw the first? So this is this was the first year the IndyCar race at Circuit of the Americas, and that would have that was kind of confusing. Not confusing, but it looked weird to us how they kept blowing the last turn and just yeah. taking it real wide. Yeah. Well, I knew. Which, I imagine. At, at least I knew at that point which turn they were blowing, which is why it bothered me. That's true. We did have the, an idea of the location. <laughs> it, it. I mean, we know that track pretty well. We've walked it. S- several times and driven on several it. Times. Several yes. times. Several um, um but yeah, so this uh this circuit power card is um the reason it has all these lines and all these multiple uh areas you could go is because it is a multiple uh discipline track. It has all kinds of different racing going on, on it at all times during the year. Um so they have to have all these available configurations. But as we said, it kind of looks weird from the sky. It looks very weird, and from TV as well. I, I just I find it difficult uh, for new F one fans to hop on the train if this is the first one that they see. Um, but 
if you are new yeah. to Formula One, just know that this is uh, about as bad as it this gets. This isn't all of the track. Yeah, this. I think this is the worst one, right? The only other one that I could see someone having difficulties identifying it would be like street circus, uh, Baku or Monaco. Um, but they yeah. are. They're still much easier to distinguish than this track. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with all these lines, uh, one thing that the track doesn't have, and it's one of the main characteristics of the track, is there's no real punishment for exceeding track limits. <laughs> and um, so that that's going to be, obviously that plays a factor, you know, in, in the racing between the drivers. Um, when drivers only have walls to glide into, they're probably going to be a little more cautious. They're, uh, they're leaning, they're not leaning towards this, this risk, risk seeking individual yeah. side that we kind of, we kind of get to see at a track like this, which is good. Um, but, uh, as we'll get into a little bit kind of is negated if there's much penalties. Yeah. Um, last year at this track, uh, Valtteri Botas and Vettel had a little collision going into turn one, uh, causing who spun Did Vettel spin or did Botas spin? Botas spun, I believe. Yeah. Botas. And, uh, yeah, Botas spun, uh, losing a lot of track position. Um, and so he's going to be hoping to make this up this year as uh, he keeps trying to keep his championship fight alive as Botas 2.0. Uh, the Botas 2.0, I think, has kind of left the building, or at least for the last few laps. Or maybe he's just not eating enough, uh, what was it, porridge? Porridge. Yeah. Porridge. He's probably oatmeal. just not eating enough of it. Um, he's not, he needs like some protein in it or something. Yeah. He, he needs, he needs something. What's like extreme porridge? As a matter of fact, I'm not grits. even. Grits. Grits. <laughs> grits. The name itself. I mean, porridge, grits. <laughs> isn't porridge just like a uh, British oatmeal? I think. Yeah, I was saying, I'm pretty sure, sure it's oatmeal. I know what that is. Or or um it's either oatmeal or cream of oat or cream of wheat, I mean, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe oat, it's just like wheat. a different name. Whoops. Like the tire thing, they spell T Y R E. Yeah, that's what it is. It's color. Yeah. Weird. Um anyway, uh this week Ferrari uh come with a come with upgrades. Um, they came with front wing flow diverters and end plate cutouts on the front wing as well. Um, so they're going to be hoping that that's going to, you know, bring them up to this top spot and try and bring this championship back to them. Do we think it's gonna? I don't. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I don't think the reason they are losing is because of their vehicle necessarily. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could all come down to that front wing flow diverter. It could, it could. They need to divert but, that flow to the first place. Yeah, that's definitely what they need to do. They need to get into flow, you know, <laughs> like a state of mind flow. Yeah. That's what they need to get into. <laughs> they, need, they need that flow. Yeah, they definitely need something. Uh, yeah, why are they diverting it? This is the problem. We just, I think we just solved it, honestly. Yeah. You need the flow, Ferrari. Or maybe they can just like drive opt out of the uh, configuration that this circuit is laid out and drive like on a shorter distance one 
since it has so many. I think Ooh, it has, that would be that would has, be smart. That's like sixty four different configurations. I think I wrote yeah. That there's plenty of ways Haas could figure out to take here. Yeah. Um, speaking of Haas, let's bring it in. Let's bring into the uh, weekend here with some Haas gossip and drama. Um, they no longer have the rich energy stag, the deer, on the cars. Yeah, because allegedly they may allegedly allegedly they may have uh, stolen the logo altogether um <laughs> Just they, maybe they may smidge. have gotten a piece of transparent <laughs> tissue paper uh laid it on top of what was it what did they copy off of allegedly um the the white white bikes white bikes yeah they may have yeah, taken a although piece of paper. maybe I should say it like Stewie Griffin, like white or white, because uh, there's like an H and shit. And yeah, may have traced it. It's a carbon copy, except they took off a spike, like a little spike, like not even a big spike, like to make it slightly less obvious. They took off the tiniest little spike and changed it to gold instead of white. So that was a good try. That that was like the only thing they did too. They they didn't even like bother changing the colors more drastically. You know, like I, I don't yeah. know. Somebody had a like black a neon and white. yellow. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. They should have. <laughs> they might as well have been called white energy. <laughs> it's ridiculous how little effort they put into uh, copying this allegedly, but yeah. Allegedly. Um, so that's a 100% original thought that they had is what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe you should insert that audio later on. Whenever you get that audio thing. I don't even know if I can do that. Uh, I'm sure we can. <laughs> it's a YouTube. Do video. I have to, do we have to, do we have to pay for that? Fuck. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think you. I think you should just tell them about it. <laughs> okay, so um, basically, what they did here was uh, they pulled a Rick and Morty. Oh, here, let me restart. Uh, give me a sec. I'm gonna have to edit this part. Yeah, Haas did a real bad job of uh, copywriting infringement here because so. Uh, with I got the, the way the way laws all the laws work here you could you could have a you could copy someone's name if you wanted to like they could have been white bikes but been a race car and that would have been way different than bicycles and they might have been able to get away with that but with a logo you can't really copy that as much yeah all right um, you got it pulled up yeah so effectively we unfortunately we can't insert this audio clip um because we don't want to get sued at least not yet probably expensive yeah probably expensive um we still don't have any money so um <laughs> just insert this audio into your head or look it up later um everybody pause it and look this up yeah this is what effectively what rich energy did all you have to do is google uh, rick and morty 100 percent original thought go ahead and play it now it's only two seconds long, so it shouldn't take you long. You done? All right. All cool. right. Assuming you've played it already. Yeah. Um, that's effectively what they pulled because the logo looks identical, identical to the uh, white stag logo. 
it's even more identical than F1 copying 3M's design ideal for their new logo. Yeah. Which was pretty, you know, after pretty you close. see it, you're kind of, I mean, with with F1, you're like, eh, that's kind of close. But yeah. with, with this, you're like, guys, are, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd say they're both equally as close. Um, and it just shows the show that, goes to show that if you have money to fight, you can win because uh, obviously F1 got the keeps theirs. <laughs> Rich Energy's broke. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Is that all we have to say about Rich Energy? That's all we have to say about Rich Energy. Um, there's a photograph here in our notes section that, that has a bunch of, uh, or that has the Red Bull logo, but it's all golded out in Rich Energy. It's written which underneath it. Again. Is, is obviously Rich Energy's new logo. Insert They're 100% original thought audio clip right 100%. Let's charge Rich Energy. Like, I'm just going to tweet right now. I'm going to tweet, Rich Energy would be an awesome name for a company. And then I'm going to be like, hey, at Rich Energy. Yeah. <laughs> you took my 100% Jeez. original <laughs> thought. That's my idea, you bastards. All right. Qualifying? Yeah. Well, maybe real quick. I have like two things, two or three things to practice. It wasn't that interesting. Um... Grosjean waved it at the, at the home fans. I was kind of wondering if maybe he had any of that confetti from the last race in his car, um, but he didn't. That was disappointing. Maybe he could have littered it on track and kind of messed up some other people in FP1, spooked them for the rest of the race. You know, they might have been like, hey, where's all this carbon fiber spikes coming from? But uh, no one had to worry about that because he didn't have any. Um Crofty was talking to Ted Kravitz and trying to get him to go measure Ferrari's aero parts uh, on the wings to see how much bigger they were or see the difference. Um, and of course, uh, I was watching the FP1 on F1 TV Pro, which is possibly the last time I'm going to be watching on F1 TV Pro when I can watch it on ESPN. And they the didn't, they had a nice, yeah, the Ocho. And they had a nice, um, a nice part where they were examining this new arrow on the Ferrari. And I couldn't see it because they were too busy showing a shot of the crowd while nothing else was happening. Hmm. Per usual. Typical. Typical. And then so uh, we can move on to qualifying then because that was about the only thing interesting that happened in practice. Um, Roman goes out. Roman Grosjean, the one of the home guys, goes out in qualifying one. Um, the car was just slow this week, according to him. Pretty disappointing at your home Grand Prix, don't you think? Uh, all I have to think is typical. Typical. typical for an excuse. Although, I mean, I'm 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 almost disappointed in the level of excuse, like. Couldn't you've come up with something cooler like than that? Like, oh, the pace just wasn't there. Yeah, he <laughs> he could have blamed himself or blamed the team or done something that could have caused controversy. But instead, he was just like, "Nah, we just we're just not fast." Yeah. So that was lame. Um, could have taken a little Q2, more responsibility, oh, and, like uh, Perez or Checo did uh, last two weeks ago. Um, he said, no, the car was faster. Uh, I just couldn't get it there. 
Let's do something like that. He should have taken the Kevin Magnuson amount of credibility from last from last race. Yeah. Uh, drivers should really do that more often. Totally blame the entire team for the error, not the fact that you've just destroyed your whole car yeah. and your team rebuilt it in less than 24 hours. Well, it would have to be his own mistake. Oh, well, yeah, it is his own mistake that he didn't get it there. Yeah, it's his fault he didn't drive fast enough, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the car was capable of driving a little bit faster if his teammate. Definitely. Can, uh, can make it run up a little bit quicker than obviously the car has as it has potential to run more quickly definitely speaking of uh teammate battles force india uh, uh my apologies sport pesa whatever <laughs> pink pink car pink team the pink team insert kimmy, once again uh, audio clip insert kimmy audio clip here uh once again did not um Qualify really near each other. Uh, Lance Stroll eliminating Q1 and Sergio Perez getting out of Q1, um, which is uh, kind of sad for Lance because um, he had a great a great race last week or sure the did. last two weeks, two weeks ago, whatever, um, finishing ninth, 10th, something like that. Um, so that was cool. But um, nonetheless, he was out in Q1 and Williams is out in Q1, surprisingly. Who would have guessed that? I wouldn't have personally. I definitely wouldn't. Because they're so fast. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who could have guessed that. Um, moving on to Q2, um, Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnuson both go out in Q2. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo is staying up there, really fighting in his in his Renault while he's getting a little bit of the better of Hulkenberg. And K-Mag is, per usual, getting the better of Romain Grosjean. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi out-qualifies Kimi. What do we think about that? Has he done that before? I don't think he's done that. I think it's the first time. I don't think so. No, no I think it's the second time. Last week, right? Or last race, I believe. Uh, let me look it up real quick. You mean a Canada? Oh, yeah, eh? Um, what are you talking about? Yeah, I believe in Canada he out-qualified Kimi for the first time, and then now two weeks in a row... Which is probably good for actually. I don't know. I don't know what their age difference is because I was gonna say Kimmy's kind of old, but I mean at the same time, yeah. I feel like Antonio Giovinazzi is also kind of old. Uh, Gio Gio ran a one twelve point one two two, and Kimmy ran a one twelve point two three. Um, Kimmy actually didn't make it into qualifying two last uh, at Canada. Oh, he was eliminated in Q three at Canada A. Yeah. I remember we talked about this too. Yeah, that's uh, Kimmy. I, I, I Kimmy just turns it on when he wants. Like if he wants to be fast, he'll be fast. If he doesn't want to be fast, he's not going to be fast. If he's distracted by marmots, he's watching him. He's, <laughs> he's like, yo, he's what's like, that animal? Oh, it's, it's so ducks. majestic. Oh, majestic space duck! Quack! It's literally what he's like. <laughs> um, qualifying three uh, all the commentators and some of the drivers saying that the wind has picked up and the time started to slow down a little bit um, Charles radios in to his team saying Sebastian is not going quick enough on the outlap so he can get a fast hot lap and the team radios to Sebastian and he I think asked him to go 
quicker or something and Sebastian seemed unamused and he said, I'm just, I'm just driving. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do something. So I'm not sure if he was like pushing, trying to help Charles or if he was just like, eh, I'm, I'm already not satisfied here. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to be satisfied when you know that you can be competing for the championship, but you're just qualifying in sixth uh, and yeah. unable to put down a time that competes with, uh, or unable to finish um, with enough points that competes with Lewis Hamilton. I think he qualified seventh, actually. Well, Leclerc was third. So a, a four place difference between them. But, you know, Sebastian should have been happier. Because he got married um, in between races. Yeah. That, that was To cool. his longtime partner, Hannah. Like, like I was telling you, I honestly thought that they were already married. Be- I thought he was married, too, yeah. already. Because they had kids, so I, I don't know. Yeah, they have kids already. And Sebastian's such a private person that it's, it's not like something we would even expect him to be. But not that he was. We only know about it because other people know about it um but not that we would expect him to be flaunting it like oh i got married here's a bunch of pictures Could you blah, imagine blah, blah. when I mean, lewis hamilton gets married he's probably going to bring his wife onto oh the stage my god every single race uh, it's going to be so ridiculous he's going to like live stream it on instagram on the at the end of every single you know how he says at the end of the races when he wants hey team good job uh we did fantastic this weekend he's going to be like uh, but y'all uh, could it be better like my wife? He would, I mean, his wife would probably yeah. like it, all the extra attention. But oh man, just get so annoying. So just quick. imagine all the Lewisisms when he finishes races oh, after my that. God. He would like take oh, off. Was, my motivation for my wife has just gotten me to the to. I am just this is I'm elated. Blah, blah, blah. He would take his it's ring off, set it in that. front of him, and then like bow down to it. Wow, yes, that's exactly, as soon as you said take the ring off, I knew, I knew that was what he was going to, because that's him. That's exactly what he would. He, damn it, Lewis. All right. um, Back to Vettel. Uh, Post-qualifying. Oh, yeah, Vettel got married. Um, I guess I said post-qualifying, that's wrong. Oops. Um, Vettel got married. McLaren qualifies five and six with uh, Lando Norris qualifying fifth, Carlos Sainz qualifying sixth. Um, continuing on this awesome turnaround that they had from last year. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, previous two years, I guess. I'm really happy to see the McLarens where they are uh, this year, uh, finishing consistently nice. into the points, not having to worry about uh, engine explosions, um, being the best of the rest, winning Man. Formula 1.5 thus far. And I, I'm starting... Are they in the lead? Yeah, I'm starting to think that Cool. I don't know. Maybe Alonso wasn't the best for McLaren. Um, maybe it was like yeah Honda and McLaren at the start when they first partnered up. Like maybe that just wasn't the best mix. And I'm starting to put less and less blame um, or responsibility on their poor performance on McLaren. I mean, yeah, everyone's kind of all all parties related in that whole thing um, are kind of being successful just now that Fernando's gone. Yeah, I mean, he's still um, a great both driver. Honda, he, yeah, he's still yeah, no, he's great. a great driver for sure. He he he's probably more suited for something like a Mercedes or a Ferrari, um, where you know, like you can't. I mean, 
if you blame the engine, you're blaming the team. Yeah. And so, you know, there's no, there's not really scapegoating, um, available, um, other than you're either ousting your team or you're ousting yourself, right. um, which, which might be more of a better style suited to Fernando. But, uh, yeah, McLaren's doing good, which is really cool to see, especially with Lando and Carlos Sainz. I like both those guys. Um, I think on the first episode we released, not the first episode we recorded, the first one we just (laughs) successfully released, um, we said we both, I don't think either of us thought Lando was going to be, like, super good, like, because he, I think he finished second in the F2 championship. And then he's just kind of sprung up in the past couple of years, but he's doing great. So that's awesome. And I've liked Carlos signs from all these different teams. He's kind of been bouncing back and forth between with Toro Rosso and, uh, Renault. And then now McLaren, I think he's really, um, at home at McLaren with, with Lando, even though Lando's like probably such a kid to him, yeah. even though he's only, I think he's our age. I think he's like 26, 27. Who? So maybe your age. Uh, Carlos Sainz. Huh. Yeah, he's young. He's younger than he looks. He definitely looks like he's, you know, 28, maybe 29. Hmm. But yeah, no. Oh, and uh, post post qualifying. Uh, have you seen Viper shades or pit Viper shades like the sunglasses? No, let me look them up. They're real like quick. the. Go ahead and keep talking about. Kind of like Ric Flair, maybe kind of sunglasses. He was wearing them in a post qualifying interview. I just thought it was funny. Now I kind of want to get some, um, just kind of sarcastically. Probably only just wear them on race day. Something like my. Oh yeah. Like my Pirelli hat. Yeah, there's a guy at work. Which also. <laughs> uses as his Cody Phelps, I believe, has these sunglasses. <laughs> uh, Cody, he he would. So fun little fact, um, when we all used to live next to each other, um, the previous few seasons, we used to exchange the Pirelli hat for whoever's team won. Um, and we, we kind of decided that we weren't going to do it this year because we all kind of live far away and we don't want to pay shipping like every couple of weeks. But so far it wouldn't have mattered if we did or not, because I would still have the hat. Yeah. <laughs> Except that it should be hanging over my, uh, Golden Gate Bridge painting so yeah it just needs to be it just needs to be hanging over your yeah you just need you just need the hat and then we'll hang it but it'll always be the nice blue golden gate bridge i I have that have to signify mercedes i have that lewis hamilton signed one so i could hang that one up oh yeah you could hang that that's fair and it's signed by my f1 hat before it it couldn't be anymore that's perfect really yeah yeah um Okay, yeah, the Pit Viper, we did that, so race start. Um, Wait, real quick. Uh, pre-race on the... Uh, I got really curious, so I looked oh, this up, uh, the driver and team ages. Um, Lewis Hamilton, 33, oh, yeah. Valtteri Bottas, 29, Sebastian Vettel, 31, Charles Leclerc, 21, Max, 21, Pierre Gasly, 22, Nico Hulkenberg, 31, Daniel Ricardo, Ricardo oh. 29, George Russell, 20. Kubica, 33. Wow, that's way younger than I thought. Sainz, 24. Norris, 19. Stroll, 20. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. 28. Kavia, 24. Albon, 22. Kimi, 39. Giovinazzi, 24. Magnussen, 26. And Grosjean, 32. Which one were you curious about? Did you forget? Carlos. Well, no. Now Carlos Sainz and Kevin Magnussen. Kevin Magnussen's 26. So okay, so I'm older than Carlos. So I'm 25, and Javi's 26. 
and uh, dang, I knew I was older than a few of them, but not Carlos Sainz. The only drivers that are older than us are Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, Sebastian, uh, Hulkenberg, Daniel, Kubica, Sergio. So I guess half of them, Kimi, and Grosjean. We're right in the middle. So that's nine out of, dang, that's less than half of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Well, I guess we're never going to get an F1 at this rate. Yeah, I guess so. But the oldest one is Kimmy Great. by a long shot at 39. Thanks, Kimmy, you 40-year-old th- fucking... And then Lando <laughs> is 19, a full 20-year difference. So That's hilarious. When Kimmy was Norris's age, uh, Norris was, I don't know, being born, still in the womb, or being conceived, whatever. Uh, but there's a 20 year <laughs> difference. Damn. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. Sorry, we ready ahead. for pre-race then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so bouncy Lando, huh? Uh, yeah. In fact, <laughs> when I first saw that, uh, oh, we should probably tell listeners what we're talking about right at the beginning. Um, I want to say like just two minutes in, uh, into coverage, pre-race coverage lando norris was sitting in his car seat just bouncing up and down like like a toddler that just ate a spoonful of sugar um in his car seat if you've day. ever seen if you've ever seen kirby on any of the smash brothers games um when he's just sitting there bouncing up and down that's exactly what lando looks like yeah uh he was definitely on drugs again um I don't know what was going Way on. Way to go, him. Lando. I actually thought what I was going to say at first was I, I actually thought that that was uh, Daniel Ricardo at first because like I completely forgot about the color and I looked at the helmet and it looked kind of similar to his helmet. But more importantly, the bouncing up and down looked like something that Ricardo would do. And he was smiling too. And it kind of looked like Ricardo's eyes when he's That's smiled. a total Ricardo thing. Isn't that yeah. funny? That's so telling of F1 drivers. It's like, what do you think of any drivers for? If you say Daniel Ricardo, everyone's just going to say, uh, smiling. Yeah. What, or what do you think of a driver who told his wife, uh, you're an okay wife. That would be <laughs> Kimmy. Kimmy. Yeah, yeah, Kimmy. How would you describe your wife? Uh, she's okay. That would be Kimmy. Yeah. Which is a, a great compliment. If Kimmy said I was okay, I'd be like, sweet. Yeah, because you know he downplays everything. That That's what I was meaning. Yeah, he, down, he downplays it. Exactly. That's a Kimmy compliment. Um, Compliment. Did you ever figure out if someone fell behind in the formation lap? Oh, you know what? Uh... I did not look at, let me, let me look real quick. Because I didn't see you. I feel like when we just watched it, um, it. I didn't see it. They did? Okay. Um, So we just watched it together and because we both couldn't watch it this weekend because Javi was traveling for a wedding and I was working. So we decided to watch it together um, and that was nice for a change. Uh, but apparently the commentators were discussing someone falling far behind during the formation lap, kind of similar to how Lewis did in the previous race at the Canadian GP when he was having some issues there. But other than that, the race gets off to a start, and um, 
Vettel kind of gets a slow start off the line after already starting in seventh place, so that is not a good start for Sebastian and not a good luck, not what he wants. Uh, he should be elated coming into this race, getting married. You know, he's like high on all this on Hannah. You know, he's like, yes, this is it. I need to be back. But instead, he gets slow start, qualifies seventh, falls back a little bit. Not the best start for Sebastian. Well, did uh, you- Sergio Perez. Oh, did you find it? Uh, no, but I just wanted to mention something real quick. Um, did you? Uh, he Vettel started off very slowly. He reacted very slowly. The uh, both McLarens beat him off the line. But the reason why he started off so poorly was because the uh, lights for this Grand Prix went off super quickly. Just look up a video later on uh, of them going off, and they caught him off guard. He did not expect them to go. Uh, that quickly oh really yeah it was that fast yeah but because he was already i think he's already starting behind mclaren and so he would have been hoping to jump them since that ferrari is so fast so that is the worst possible situation him just getting a late reaction to i think that was the reason but still like focus dude uh sure yeah yeah definitely like the one time you need to focus like at least you know is the start um, Sergio Perez has a bit of an issue here in the start of the race with the turn one runoff. Um, compared to last year, about I feel like uh, in the picture that I saw, roughly six drivers ran off last year, and I guess only Sergio Checo ran off this year. And he runs off, has to go far to the left and around a ballard, and merges back onto the track in a safe manner, which is exactly what the FIA described to the drivers as the as what to do, but he was still um, a few laps later handed a five second time penalty for uh, leaving the track and gaining a lasting advantage on Kevin Magnuson, Alexander Albon. Yeah. Um, did want to mention like right before uh, this, I heard that uh, they had been uh, briefed on that particular corner before the drivers sorry, had been briefed on that corner before the start of the race. And they were specifically told that if they were to go off track, then they must go around. Uh, what what are those things called again? The ballards yeah. or ballard ballard. Um, they must specifically go around them not to gain an, an advantage. So yeah, so he, I mean, he did exactly what he was obviously to do. Yeah, so obviously this is something that the stewards, um, as they have outlined this rule, have not considered that. Um, in the start of the race, when all these cars, all 20, well, 19, not counting Sergio being off track, are bunched up, that if you go off there, you might actually gain a positional advantage because all these cars are bunched up and trying to make this turn while you just simply cut across your painted blue line area and with no grass or gravel or anything to kind of slow the driver down. And that's enable Sergio to gain, I believe, two positions then if it's on Kevin Magnuson and on Alexander Albon. So I think it's kind of unfair to punish him for that, really, because, I mean, he did what he was told to do. Yeah, he did what he was told to do, and he was told not to do that uh, not so that he does not gain an advantage on drivers that are beside him or behind him or he's trying to overtake or whatever. But um, even though he came out in front of them, I would not say that he gained an advantage as much as I would say that the two drivers... Uh, behind him or that came out behind him um had a disadvantage because they were bunched up at the start of the race yeah it's it's one of those things where especially the start of the race it's such like a 
so lame to penalize people because like i mean that's the one time where all 20 cars yeah are together i mean you're he's still not even really going to gain an advantage yeah (laughs) like it's nothing um Lap four, Max has uh, complaints on the radio, having a little bit of acceleration lag coming out of corners. Um, so maybe the power is coming on a little later than he's pushing his foot down. Um, I don't think it turns out to really be an issue for him the whole rest of the race, though. So good news for Red Bull that they have one strong finishing driver. So on lap six, uh, Sebastian Vettel finally gets around Lando Norris. Um, and on the same lap, Robert Kubica and George Russell have a Williams battle. Um, something that's kind of fun to see this season because Williams don't really have many other people to fight besides themselves. Yeah. Fight themselves. Um, George comes up here, uh, or uh, sorry, Robert comes up here with DRS, um, starts going, no, uh, yeah, I was right the first time. George comes up on Robert with DRS, kind of coming around the outside, and then has to abort going through the corner because Robert starts to squeeze him wide. Um, I'd imagine Robert's just kind of sick of getting beat by George, so he's like, you know what? I'm shoving you off the track. And shoved him, he did. And shoved him, he did, because George goes wide and uh, doesn't end up finishing ahead of him at the end of the race. Um, also, lap six, uh, Lewis Hamilton, you know, had a pretty dominating race, so uh, maybe he doesn't have that much to talk about. So he starts complaining about his seat feeling weird. Uh, such a weird thing to complain which, about. Weird. Which may be credible, as we'll talk about later. Yeah. For the end of the race. Um, lap 7, Sebastian's able to also get around the second McLaren of Carlos Sainz. And that is the same time that Sergio Perez is handed the 5-second penalty for gaining the advantage on Kevin Magnussen and Alexander Albon. Which uh, obviously doesn't make him happy and is kind of frustrating for his team too. Um, Otmar Schnauzer, whatever his last name is, Um, uh, kind of his opinion reflects ours. I mean, what else was he supposed to do? He did exactly what the stewards said that he has to do. Um, So punishing him is not really... uh, not really helpful and uh otmar even though his name is otmar schnauzer um he's an american uh, i i don't, don't know, know about that up. i just i noticed <laughs> that his he had no accent uh, he was like he was like me you know like if you were just to listen to me over the phone you wouldn't be able to tell that that my parents were mexican and they it what? just yeah yeah bet you didn't i thought i thought nope. you were french wrong. <laughs> nope uh so he's He's American, um, American Romanian. He was born in Romania. Oh, and then raised in in and then raised here. In, yeah, in the U.S. He was educated at the University of Detroit. Ooh. Um. So that's pretty hard up. Yeah. <laughs> He's got street cred then for having grown up in a Detroit in a uh, crumbling city. Yeah, we've been to Detroit. We know. We know how empty it is. Um, yeah, we know how empty it is. You know how Top Gear um, often like exaggerates things about cities. Like, uh, remember when they were doing this one in Peru, the special, and they said that everybody slept with their donkeys. Well, in the episode where they went to Detroit, um, they were talking about how Detroit and showing how empty Detroit was. Well. Ben and I can both testify to this that that was 
not an exaggeration in any way, shape, or form. Nah. That was just... It's pretty empty. Yeah. We've been to Detroit, well, we didn't go this year, but we'd been the previous, what, three years for the North American International Auto Show. Um, we covered that via Instagram for ourselves, for fun. So we just went. <laughs> but um, we, yeah, we drove around that, that city a lot and did a lot, uh, but there was, it's if you once you get outside the kind of downtown and even the downtown even the is downtown, kind of dead yeah yeah um but yeah the top gear did the least exaggerating with their detroit films although in the the um grand tour i think they did kind of a good job of showing that it's being Sorry, that's what I meant. kind of urbanized that's what i meant yeah grand tour not top gear oh, okay. i'm just still gonna call the, it top gear yeah yeah you know whatever <laughs> um but anyway, yeah, so Otmar, he's American-Austrian. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, uh, lap 14, coming, he's stalking down Pierre Gasly, uh, who is just a slow Red Bull driver. So not only, Ricardo has to love passing a Red Bull, right? I mean, coming from them last season, and now he's on Renault, passing a Red Bull is just the top of his list of things to make, make him self-confident that he made the right choice. Especially since that Red Bull is so much faster than, than the uh, Renault. Yeah, I mean, Max Verstappen is up here in fourth place fighting the whole race while Pierre is battling down in a in a lonely, just barely cracking the top ten here. Um, and as we all know, Ricardo likes him vulnerable. That he does. Insert, uh, I like him vulnerable audio clip here. Yeah, 2017 in his uh, Italian Grand Prix at Monza, um, Ricardo is told he's quickly approaching one of the uh, cars and he says... Um, moving on from that lap 15, uh, Alexander Albon gets around Kevin Magnuson. Uh, we, at the time we missed his, uh, radio communication and we both assumed he was complaining, but it turns out he just was saying that he was under really big pressure. So that was kind of disappointing on our end that he wasn't actually complaining. Yeah. And re- relief at the same time. Um, and then also for anyone who thinks that maybe we just dislike this guy, it is not our fault that he has created this uh, reputation for always complaining and then complaining about things he shouldn't be complaining complaining about things that are his fault and his fault only Uh, not our fault he earned it it's kind of a popular thing between both Haas drivers at this point I mean Roman's quite the complainer and has been the previous years maybe not this season so much but then again he keeps not even finishing the races so you know he doesn't have time to complain, but yeah, they both kind of just need to shut up and get on with it. Cause something, I mean, that car seems like it should be a lot faster than they're able to make it. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So on lap 21, um, one of Vettel's engineers radios into him and asks him to stay as long as possible to take care of his tires. Um, and it was, Right then and there, that uh, I think it was that lap that Leclerc decided to pit. Um, Leclerc was going, or sorry, Vettel was going for the overcut and Leclerc for the undercut. Um, yeah, because Vettel started. Yeah, so at far that behind. point. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, at that point, Vettel's really trying to go ahead and make up um, as many positions as possible. So he's trying to stay out and hope he can uh, use get get some pace to make up time and be able to pit and come out in front of basically anyone at that point. Charles is actually up front fighting for 
mostly second position fighting with Valtteri Botas because that's his realistic objective that he could probably get. So he pits early trying to get, uh, trying to follow more of a Mercedes strategy there and come in, get new tires, then keep those the rest of the race. Wow. As Javi just said, Vettel is going for more of an overcut, trying to hope he can strategize, out strategize some people and get, get a bit of a position. By doing the over, overcut. Um, yeah, get, get, get the overcut. Um, Lap 38, Lando has a bit of a temper tantrum uh, coming up behind his teammate, Carlos Sainz. Lando. Hmm. Is that when he got on the radio? Uh, I don't think yeah. About this. What was that about? What what you say that was? That? So Lando, I remember we wrote Lando it comes on the radio and is uh, complaining that Carlos isn't going fast enough, that oh, he's right. coming up behind him. Right. And this is... Odd. something that we were talking about earlier. It was um, odd because if he wasn't in DRS zone, or DRS range. Yeah, he's not in DRS range. And, you know, if you want to make a point, if there's no better way to make a point and to have your team swap an order than if you're faster than someone, come up behind them, get on their ass, and make a point to your team that, hey, you need to switch us now or or we're just going to keep losing time battling, or I'm going to keep losing time battling. So if Lando really wanted to get around, I think that's what he should have done. Yeah, you you could argue that uh, you wouldn't want to follow that closely behind your teammate um, so that you can preserve your tires, you know. Um, that you is true. get too close, you could burn through your tires a little more quickly. Yeah, they'll degrade fast. But, uh, yeah, so I guess that's what uh, Lando opted for then was uh, to not degrade his tires. Um, so he just kind of got on the radio and then nothing really happened with that either because I believe that Lando still is going to finish behind Carlos Sainz uh, regardless of this instance. Uh, lap 48, uh, Roman Grosjean goes ahead and retires from his home Grand Prix. Um, it's at this point in the race that he's done the minimum amount of laps necessary to uh, or required to be considered a full race distance. So he's able to retire, and by retiring, he's also able to change certain parts on his car. Um, I'm not sure what all parts he's able to change, but that's the reason they do that, and to conserve, um, you know, they don't need to run the car any more than necessary when he's just going to have that terrible of a finishing position. And I'm curious, does he get penal penalized for that? Like, if you were to swap out some parts, um, you know, you get um, position penalties at the start of a race? I believe the parts that he is switching out are not major parts, um, such as like a gearbox, uh, things like that, something uh, more large. Um, so he is going to be allowed to swap those out without receiving okay. a penalty. Um, so, yeah, he should be good to go for the next race um, in Austria. Cool. Uh, the Following that, um, the Toro Rosso's had a not – not a scuffle on track, but more of a gentlemanly uh, crossing of paths because uh, Alexander Albon just kind of gets out of Danny Kafiat's way. He was coming up on him with DRS into a chicane. Yeah, and just got out of the way, gave him the room to pass. Um, just a few la just a few turns, not a few laps before that, Albon had uh, ran Kafiat off the track. Kafiat was going in for a pass. Um, so I think maybe Albon just gave this position back since Kafiat was obviously the faster driver at that point in time. Um, and he gave him plenty mm -hmm. of room. Uh, kind of wish more drivers would be All like this. All the room. Yeah, he gave him more than enough room. But 
I do think that he only Albon only gave Kofi at the space because this wasn't a points um, points dedicated finish or a finish that would deserve points that earns points. Jeez, that took a long. Time. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's compare French track marshals with Monegasque track marshals. Right. Um, so when I- French track marshals rapid. Uh, Coordinated. Coordinated, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Monogas uh, track marshals, yeah, they are clumsy and um, uncoordinated. Slow. They have no peripheral vision. Slow. No sense of their surroundings. <laughs> and um, they are gutsy. Yeah, they are gutsy. And they they all need new underwear. Uh, but the French marshals uh, were able to run on the track, run across the track, remove the debris, and get off the track, all without even the slightest stumble. Yeah. What what was what are those things called again? Ballards. Um, ballards. So around lap fifty, uh, one of the track marshals ran out uh, to pick up one of them, and because they had gone onto the track, and he did it, he executed it flawlessly, and it. I just couldn't help but to think about the last time that I had seen a track marshal uh, on the track uh, back in Monaco. Um, if you have not seen that video yet, then I definitely recommend you Google the uh, Sergio Perez and track marshal incident at Monaco 2019. It's uh, it's, it's scary if yeah, you're a track scary. marshal. <laughs> it's scary. That's for sure. Um, also, um, just a... F- Back in lap 23-ish, um, there was a yellow flag that quickly turned off and became a green flag. If anybody knows what in the world that yellow flag was for, please tweet at us at um, copy that, mate. And Yes, please. Let us, let us know. know. What? We don't know what it was. Yeah. And I'd like to find out. We are, we are curious. Um Sebastian Vettel, uh, Ferrari gets risky with giving him his fastest lap attempt with literally like one lap to get it right. Yep, literally one lap because he had literally he did it. Um, he had to come out of the pits with his fresh tires as soon as he crossed the finish line again. Um, his lap time started, and the next time that he crossed the finish line was the end of the race. So he really only got one shot at it. I thought it was very weird that Ferrari only gave him one shot, but you mentioned that maybe uh, he was battling Max or they, they thought he had a higher chance of catching Max right. because um, that would have been the next person in line. And I believe he was within two seconds of Max right. with uh, two or three laps remaining. And then at that point they went ahead and made the decision that he wasn't going to be able to catch him. And they pulled him in to allow him a chance at getting the fastest lap points. Yeah. And, and of course uh, the, point difference between fourth or sorry fifth and fourth would be greater than the point gained from doing a fastest lap so uh yeah that that makes sense about why they did that if that's why they for sure um on the final lap there's a battle for seventh that ends up giving danny danny ricardo a few penalty points um Daniel, Ricardo, and Lando Norris. Um, Daniel starts to get around Lando Norris going into a chicane, but runs a little wide, and on his re-entry to the track, that 
frightens Lando, who then leaves the track, and that is, I believe, the first penalty that uh, Daniel is given after the race, and then continuing on directly from there, that slows both drivers down, Kimi Raikkonen and Nico Hulkenberg are then able to catch up, and they were uh, Kimi Raikkonen gets around, yeah, they're ready to pounce, they, uh, they're right up here liking him vulnerable, and uh, Daniel gets passed by Kimmy and then starts to get the pass back on Kimmy, but actually has to take all four wheels off the track on the straightaway. Um, and is then handed a penalty for another five second penalty for that after the race again. So giving him a grand total of 10 seconds in penalties. Um, I don't know and, if you saw after uh, post race, he, they interviewed him and asked him, asked Daniel about the points that he got for that. And, I honestly um, was surprised at his reaction. I thought he would be a little bit upset, but Daniel Ricciardo was like, no, nah, I'd do that again. I'd rather uh, yeah, yeah. take the points uh, or take the um, penalty and give people something to watch uh, than to just watch another boring race. Which is great because, I mean, great. that's what we want. I mean, we don't want people backing out of battles because they're afraid they're going to get a penalty. Yeah. Um, and this is something that maybe the FIA needs to consider. I mean, watching watching people battle back and forth like that, uh, especially when there's not really – no one's really getting too much of a position there, especially the Kimi Raikkonen and Daniel Ricciardo battle. I mean, he's just taken up all the available track that's still paved just to try and make it pass. That's awesome to watch. That's fun to see. And they don't need to be penalizing people for that, especially on a straightaway. Especially on a straightaway. Um, I'd mentioned this earlier when we were watching the race together that um, maybe they should rewrite the rules uh, to eliminate track limits on straightaways. I understand what mm -hmm. track limits are for, right? They're to prevent from somebody gaining an advantage when cutting a corner. But on straightaways, um, I really think that they should get rid of that. Yeah, you're only... If you go off the track, you're only making it longer for yourself. And the only reason you would consider doing that is because you have a much higher speed than the person in front of you. And if that's going to make the racing better, I'm all for it. I'm it's definitely all make for it. it for a good battle. On straightaways, maybe they should, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah not, like, not like you can just drive across corners. <laughs> right, right. Because that would be called coding, and we do not appreciate coding. <laughs> um, so our group of friends who, um, Ben Sheets and I, group of friends whenever we race online we have uh this this there's one driver in particular cody galbert who has this tendency to uh <laughs> brake check and forget to use his brakes and create new drive lines uh, oh and just to not break in general and shut you in general off the track and use you as the barrier a bumper yeah a barrier to help make a turn um and we call that uh we verb verbized is making something into a verb is that a word anyways we turned yeah, his sure. name I already into a made verb. up a word at the beginning yeah so that that's definitely called coding um by the way if anyone has any saved video clips of uh coding in action or maybe you call it something else because you have your own friend like terry that asshole terry who always slimes Man. into you Fucking Terry. Uh, Terry. Um, send us those clips. Yeah, if you guys have ever, if you guys have ever been smacked off the track by someone, send us send us the video. Yeah. We'll retweet you because uh, we know the feeling. Put it under deeply. the hashtag. Uh, copy that, mate, and hashtag coding, and that's spelled uh, C O D Y, 
ing. Uh, don't forget the why. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Don't forget the why. Otherwise, that's a whole different thing, and we're not going to pay attention to you. Yeah. We don't care about your Python or your C plus plus coding without. So. Yeah. That is something else. That's up the else. Yeah. Um, so uh, we didn't, during the live race, uh, the coverage didn't really show Danny, Lando, Kimmy, and Nico. Um, instead, they opted to show Valtteri Botas and Charles Leclerc, which was fine because, sure, they're both uh, much higher up in the standings and whatnot. Um, but, but I'm guessing they're not, that's just not the battle we wanted to see. That not. was much less interesting. I mean, literally, like, they, Charles might have been within DRS range, but they weren't battling like those four drivers were. And I want to watch a four driver race versus a two driver race any day. Yeah, it was definitely exciting. So, not only did we not get to see that, but we also got to see uh, off to the left where you're given the driver positions. I was so confused because. While I was watching uh, Leclerc and Botas do absolutely nothing, uh, I was watching the names leapfrog back and forth, and I was so confused because their times wouldn't come up. At that particular time, the broadcasters had... um, At that particular time, the broadcasters had intervals displayed, and all of the intervals for those four drivers were gone. So I thought, oh my God, did these guys like crash? Did they go into the pits? What What's going on here? Um, and we didn't get to see or find out what happened until after the race and they showed a, a highlight, a replay. Yeah, so we had to wait till after the race to actually be able to give you this uh, review here, this piece of conversation. So you're welcome that we waited and went back and saw it. You're welcome. But other than that, uh, the race finishes with Lewis Hamilton in first, Valtteri Bottas in second, and Charles Leclerc in third, giving Mercedes their eighth win in a row. Um, They've won all eight races this season. And uh, Lewis Hamilton is still your points championship leader. Still. Um, In the post-race interview, uh, you remember earlier we mentioned Lewis Hamilton complaining about his seat. Uh, having a weird feeling well turns out there might be something to that yeah some truth to that as he gets out of his car and you see the rear end of him he has the quite the butt stain on his left butt cheek it's not brown so that's good it's not brown so it's not poo um but what happened? Did someone leave something in the car? Is like there an Oreo? Nut loose? Did he forget? Yeah, like an Oreo. Did he forget his wallet? Was he sitting on his black wallet? That, would, that be would be very uncomfortable so with comfortable. Uh, eight G's of turns over a two-hour duration race. Mm, I can't stand. I don't think I would like that. My wallet being back there, like while I'm standing up. That's why I got yeah the pad the the, the phone ch- one the checkbook wallet yeah yeah I can't stand it. And with his uh, post-race interview with Martin Brella, he didn't give very many Lewisisms. Uh, wasn't thanking the team, calling them his rock, and, uh, you know, he's the clouds, and they are the plants, and he is evaporating and raining, or they evaporate, and then he rains, and things like that. And he which is, is the disappointing. rain. Yeah, and he is the rain. He is... My dog's trying to eat me now. He is the speck of dust that... Uh, 
begins every snowflake and water droplet. None yeah. of that. Um, and since he was the race winner, that means that Lewis Hamilton gets the gorilla. Uh, the Harambe? The Harambe. Right. Um, French Grand Prix trophy is a big portrait of the Harambe. R.I.P. R.I.P. Poor 40. Uh, yeah, so apparently that trophy uh, of a gorilla thrusting his fist up in the air uh, was designed by Richard Orlinsky. Um, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, pretty old guy. Do you know, have you seen him on TV? Nah. Well, he's been on TV. Have you heard his song? Nah. Well, he's released a couple of songs. Uh, at least, I think a couple of songs. Have you seen any of his paintings? Oh, uh, nah. Nah. Well, uh, I'm, I think I read that he's in over like 90 galleries, but uh, what I thought was pretty cool was that he sold one of his paintings for $800,000. Oh, that's almost enough for a uh, one year of rent in Monaco. Almost, but except that's only enough for, Not the, quite. for the damage deposit. Um, that's the, uh, yeah, the deposit. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, also, uh, sorry, I had nothing to add. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, quite Please cut how fascinating out. was that information? Please cut that out. <laughs> Let me just write down that time. <laughs> oh, Dear Lord. <laughs> 40. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, 2021 regulations get pushed back to October. Big surprise. They're probably going to continue to get pushed back until, you know, 2021. Yeah. They had a meeting about it, I guess, this weekend. And uh, who who goes to those? I don't know. Um, there's apparently a lot more people than I thought in attendance that were in attendance so the fia is it like teams or team principals team technical directors pirelli lewis hamilton nico hulkenberg and alexander worse uh i actually didn't know who he was until uh i started looking up into the race preview information for this next race but uh yeah is he a test driver yeah yeah he is um but yeah We'll get more into that in just a few minutes. Um, so, I know. Uh, do you know why Nico Hulkenberg is there? Yeah, he replaced. Isn't he like the head? Or He's the, the uh, head. Yeah, of, mm-hmm. of the, the uh, driver's, driver's safety oh, thing. Driver safety. Yeah, the driver's association. Who did yeah, he replace? Something like that. Yes, I know, I know he re- did. He replace. Uh, someone who left, obviously, well, not obviously, but. Fernando? No. I don't know. Anytime I think of the driver's safety thing, I just kind of think of uh, Jackie Stewart because he kind of started it. Oh, yeah. Or Nikki. Do you know Nikki was, Nikki, like, forced Boeing into uh, doing recalls on his airplanes? Yeah. Yeah, and they had to admit it was their Jesus. fault and not anything to do with yeah. That Nikki is impressive. I could not imagine taking on Boeing and forcing them to admit that fault. <laughs> he did it. 
I can't imagine taking on Boeing without a legal team. Nicky probably yeah, he did, did it by himself, face to face by himself. <laughs> yeah, he walked up to Mister Boeing and he's like, "Mister Boeing, you screwed up." Do not tell. Do not tell them it's mine. This is not me. No, I did not design the airplane. Okay, not that second part. The first, the first <laughs> few sentences were pretty spot on. I can only do it for so long. Um, all right, so the next race is uh, the Austrian GP. The what? The Austrian. Oh, I thought GP. you said Austin. I was like, uh, the no, uh, nope. That's not until November. No. Um, last year at the Austrian GP, um, Max Verstappen actually won. Uh, both Mercedes retired from the race. Um, that's interesting. Valtteri retired a little earlier on than Lewis did. Uh, so that was a bad weekend for Mercedes. Highly doubtful that it will repeat that this year. Hopefully not. Um, and, uh, we, we saw uh, this funny review video from the race last year where, uh, Crofty calls Kimmy the Kimster. Kimster. He tried the Kimster. He tried to point a new nickname for him, and I do not understand why. Because Iceman is already uh, pretty well engraved, yeah, and I don't, it's pretty cool. A Kimster. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it because it sounds so ridiculous. Iceman is his nickname. Either Iceman or. I don't know. AA for alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't, I don't know what else. But Kempster is not a good substitute for his Iceman. It is man. not. Um, we have the fastest time around the uh, Hungarian ring, which is what the track is called, uh, set by Valtteri Botas in 2018 of a 103.130. And then the fastest race lap was set by Kimi Räikkönen in 2018 with a 106.957. Um, probably going to be broken this year, I would think, right? Yeah, I hope so. Um, it it kind of also, it's a huge difference, don't you think? Like, between qual I'm sure that that Valtteri Bottas 103 was set during qualifying. During qualifying right? And then Kimi's yeah. was obviously set during the race. So it's a pretty huge mm-hmm. difference. To see, uh, yeah, almost, difference. yeah, almost four seconds. That's that's big. Um, which is weird. I always think like, I guess it's not. It doesn't happen that often where a driver has full DRS the whole lap during a race. Otherwise, you would think they would be uh, a little closer, because I mean, essentially, at some point during the race, they would have a similar trim where they can go quick and be low enough on fuel that they could get a fast lap like that. But usually by the time that happens also it's further in the race and there's not, you know, there's, there's stipulations to be able to use DRS. And then by that point they don't have it for the full lap like they do in qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it just, but, it's um, astounding how big of a difference there is between race conditions and qualifying conditions. Qualifying. Four seconds. For sure. It's immense. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. That so that's the French GP. That's the preview uh, for this upcoming race weekend of the Austrian GP. We wanted to talk about uh, Formula E Swiss Grand Prix 
Um, but it's not available yet, so in we can't watch it, and we weren't able to watch it live. Yeah, uh, we 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 can't watch it in our country yet. So probably we'll tack it on to the uh, onto the Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, we'll talk about the Formula E Swiss Grand Prix because uh, Formula E has been great this season. If you haven't watched it, I get on YouTube, go back, watch the races, or just watch the shortened races, the highlights. I mean, it's been it's been a good season for Formula E. This they're really coming into their own now. Yeah. So and it's fully available on YouTube. About, that's pretty, unless you, oh, f- except for the last race, which is uh, not available in the U.S. Currently. Not available. Yeah, not yet. But you're gonna watch it soon. We're gonna watch it soon. So, um, we'll talk about that uh, in a week's time. About probably when we get to record the next episode. Yeah. Since this week is uh, these two races are back to back. Yeah, back to back. So that's cool. Um. Yeah, other than that, follow the podcast on Twitter uh, at copy that mate. Send us emails if you want. Uh, copy that podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow Javi on Twitter at Javask, which is J A V V A S Q. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Get Benjamins. Uh, follow me on Trading Paints. I make cool car liveries for your iRacing cars. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram as well at get Benjamins. And I have a one for my liveries, uh, called at vivid underscore cars. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Anything else to add, Javi? Um, no, uh, I'm excited for this. Oh, wait, no. What? I do have something to add. Oh, hold on. Uh, Oh, I do. Benjamin. Oh, I do. Do you have anything else to add? Oh, well, I'm sorry. We're Uh, out of time. Oh no. Well, um, well, we have a new segment to add this week. Um, we're going to do race prediction Mad Libs. Um, if you're familiar with, uh, a Mad Lib, it's where one person takes some sort of a news report or something. In this case, it's going to be a race prediction that I made up and we replace the different things, nouns, verbs, adverbs, things like that with, uh, just a random one. And so what I'm going to do is get the words from Javi and then I'm going to read out our Mad Lib race prediction for the week. All right. So are you ready, Javi? I'm about as ready as I'm going to be. Give me a driver. Okay. Um, does it have to be, are there any, a current driver okay on the grid that's what i was gonna ask like are there any stipulations all right let's do albon all right albon alexander albon all right now i need an adjective coding oh wait no damn it that's a verb that's a verb Uh, well i'm gonna turn that at that verb into, into an, like an adjective. A, a driving Cody. style. Yeah. Yeah. Codied or Cody's. Okay. Yeah. Cody's. All right. Um, now I need a mechanical part in a Formula One engine. Uh, hold on. Nice, nice dogs. That'll be good on the audio. I don't believe that is uh, an engine part. Uh, anyways, um, does it have to be in the engine or can it be just like a power unit part? Like, can I say? Yeah, it, okay. it can be whatever. Let's say <laughs> flux capacitor. Ooh. Good one. Um, I need another driver. 
George Russell. Quick, 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 quick. Oh, Russell, nice. Uh, past tense verb. Cody. I knew you were going to do that. I didn't even have to ask. Uh, another driver. Uh, uh, does it have to be current? Do all of these have to be current? Yep, yep. All of it has to be current. It's a race prediction. I already gave a Williams one. Kimmy Reckoning. Ooh, Kimmy. All right, I need a team. Mm, Haas. All right. Um. Oh, okay. So for this one, I need a a crew member in charge of a pit function, such such as uh, right tire, lollipop. left tire, uh, lolly. Yes. <laughs> All right, and uh, I need a description of weather. So, you know, overcast, uh, raining, uh, you know, hailing, snowing, shitty. I like it. And uh, one more driver. Oh, my God. Um, Let's do Vettel. I have like four more things. Vettel. All right, and I need... A mechanical function of a car, such as like upshifting, downshifting, uh, things like that. It could be like arrow, like uh, downforce, just something general. Okay. Um, what about attacking? Could that work? You're gonna have to read it. No. No. Okay. Um. All right. I don't know. I'm going to have to say something more turning. That's fine. Okay. I'm going to put steering. Okay. Um, one more team. Mm. What are the teams that I've said? I think I only said You've one. You said only one, and it was uh, Haas. McLaren. McLaren. And give me two drivers. Um, Lewis. You said Albon, Vettel, Russell. And okay. signs, Lewis. Carlos. Carlitos. Can All you call him Car- right. Carlitos Carlito. in the... Uh... Carlitos, yeah. 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 Okay, thank you. I need an adjective describing battle. Battle. Um, Such as, uh, you know, bloody or... Uh... Cody. <laughs> A Cody-esque battle. Or like soft. Any adjective is fine. Sparring. That's not an adjective. <laughs> oh, damn it, that's a verb. <laughs> I just kept thinking of ing, ing, so... Uh, Those are verbs. We need one. I, I'm a, can you give me an example? I'm like completely out of blank. Oh my god, I'm putting all soft. All of this thinking part on. <laughs> Earth. Okay, how about soft? Deal. We'll okay. take soft. And I need a color to wrap it up. Uh, magenta. So, no, Patronus Blue. <laughs> I like it. All right, are you ready for your oh, first ever yeah. Mad Lib race prediction? All right, let's do this. Here we go. 
Alexander Albon takes pole position. Lewis Hamilton has uh, Cody's someone at the race start due to his flux capacitor issue. At the first corner, Russell is Cody'd by Kimmy. Halfway through the race, Haas botches a pit stop. The pit crew member in charge of the lollipop goofs up his job, costing the car the Haas team a five-second gap. Three quarters of the way through the race, the weather will be shitty. Which will cause a tire issue for Sebastian Vettel. A steering issue will cause a retirement for a McLaren driver. And finally, Lewis and Carlito will have a soft battle to finish the sport, leaving the sport pace a tickled Patronus blue. I like it. I like it. We should definitely do these more often. Like maybe one at the beginning definitely. and one at the end and one in the middle. And. And I will write it quicker than five minutes before we start recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This was a lot of fun recording, even though kind of we had to do it twice, but. Uh, <laughs> or three times. Or three times, but whatever. Um, and that's it. Uh, oh, uh, oh, shoot. One more thing. Maybe I'll have to put this in. What are you, uh, what are you drinking? It's made by a local brewing company um, here in in uh, reno it's called the great basin brewing company and i'm drinking one of their ipas it's called uh icky for ichiosaurus icky vicky i don't what are you up to yeah what are you drinking i am inviting on a bear republic from california uh racer five ipa it has a checkered flag on it and some cool race car looking text and uh has kind of a honey flavor to it, kind of sweet, um, and that's what fueled this podcast. Uh, three ichthyosauruses and how many? How many uh, California beers? Three. Oh, okay, yeah. And then, and then, a, and then one Voodoo Ranger that I had during the race. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that that's is uh, the fuel for our podcast. And that's it for this week's episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with our Austrian Grand Prix review and probably soon to come some more fun episodes, maybe about Gunther Steiner, white bikes, rich energy, things like that. Uh, Thanks for listening. Again, I'm Ben Sheets. And I am Javier Vasquez. And that's all. Goodbye. Goodbye.